Hey everybody, happy Sunday. It is Unsealed Life Beyond the Bolts with, well, Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines. And of course, I'm Kate Dillon from Crate Insider and Winning Motorsports Marketing. <coughs> and uh, welcome, welcome everybody. Um, I, I need to get this uh, up onto our our chat over here on the computer um, that is off camera so that I can start seeing your questions. Any questions you guys have, feel free to drop them in. And actually, before we kick things off, um, mm -hmm. Steve, Steve, what are you drinking today? Oh, Land Shark on draft. Land Shark on draft. Ooh, and you got some limes in there. Lime, yeah. yeah, a little lamb shark with lime. I'm super fancy and drinking Diet Coke, and I, you know, I, I need to do better about, like, bringing my branded cool, I've got a lot of cool stuff, you know, that I could yeah. be in my cup there, so I need to do that, but uh, it is, I don't know, day 75 or 150, I don't know, in quarantine, um, yeah. how was your week? Oh, my week was, week was good, I mean, got a lot of work done. I was able to do a lot of testing on uh, my son's car on the dyno. Some people may have saw that on my Facebook post, but uh, yeah, got a lot done this week. Great. One bad. So, are you still getting a lot of engines in now? And and tell us about a little bit. Yeah, of I've what got I've do. got I've got several new ones to build. Um, several in there right now to rebuild. Still, um, got two in just the other day. So yeah, we're we're uh, strolling along. Well, and and just. Why don't you do a little quick intro, and in case there's anybody watching who doesn't know you, doesn't know what you do, and what you have to do with Crate Engines at all, or Crate Insider, give us a little background. Let's tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I mean, we build Crate Engines, rebuild them, uh, and we've done so since what 2005 or six, I think. Yeah, and your dad started that, and and Correct. you're an authorized rebuilder for mm -hmm. multiple different series. Yes. So, do, would you like to list those for us? Well, I mean, multiple. Yeah, we do uh, fuel racing series for the CT 525s. We do 604, 602s for the Russia racing series and uh, crate racing USA. Nice. Which is. And then, of course, using the crate racing USA or the Russia series seals that are legal in every, basically everywhere other than IMCA. Yeah. Yeah, IMCA really has their own deal. Um, I'm gonna well, let's say hi to some folks here. I see, and by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys my lurker prop policy. If you want to hang out here, and you you don't really want me to call you out by name, I'm good with that. Like I sometimes I like to lurk on a live video. I just want to hang out. I just want to watch. I don't really want to be called out. It feels weird. So the only way that I call you out is if you drop in a comment. So feel free to drop in a comment and say hi. I'll say hi back. And any questions you guys have. Feel free to drop those in. All right, so um, I'm going to say hi to you. we got Watson Racing here today. We have Gary Hall, um, Terry Peoples. Um, ter Terry's on a lot of my live videos. He, oh. he has been for, for years Good now. Um, and Steve, Steve Voigt is here. Jay Turner. Jay, loved your video. You know, love the fact that you're getting out of your shell and doing some videos, doing part of the Daytona One Challenge. Should have brought my Daytona One products down here. I, I'm a slacker. You totally failed. You know, I learned. I learned <laughs> something new. Okay. What'd you learn? Okay, so this is. Um, I'm. A, I might even have to make a little video myself. I mean, I'm not. I don't need to like to participate in the Daytona One Challenge because hell, I make video all the time. But, I. Um, I was getting a question on, so here I am, I'm on the phone with Mark from Daytona One, mm -hmm. or I call him Mickey, by the way. So if you call down to Daytona One. 
ask for Mickey and tell him Kitty sent you because that's his nickname for me. We've done this for years. So I'm talking to Mickey and I'm on the phone with Mickey and at the same exact time, somebody sends me a private message on Facebook or Crate Insider, one or the other, and they're like, hey, you know, that Daytona One stuff, will that, will that glass cleaner work on Lexan? You know, talking about for an asphalt um, car that has a windshield. Oh, that glass cleaner is badass. So... I'm a, I'm on the phone with Mickey, so I'm like, you know, here's here's the deal. I'm gonna, you know, ask you like, well, here's here's this question that literally just came in while we're talking. You know, what would you say about that? And he said, well, first of all, the window cleaner does not have any alcohol in it, so it doesn't scratch. Yeah, I, I use it on my helmet, or used to use it on my helmet all the time. Oh, my visor. Oh, but I can I can level up on this one yeah. though. But he says, because I use it on my airplane windscreen first of all to clean it, and then follow it up. With the Daytona One spray wax. Oh. Yeah. He said it makes it, and now you want to use just like strokes that are just up and down and not in circles. Mm -hmm. um, it's the uh, finishing glaze and swirl remover yeah. is really what it's called. I call it spray wax. That's just what I call it. But if you use those in conjunction with one another, it fills in all of the, the, cra all of the scratches cool. to make it smooth. And apparently Buck and Mickey both use the, that combination of products on their glasses. That would be good for uh, asphalt guys, too, with their uh, uh, Lexan windows and all that. Well, that's exactly what we were talking yeah. about. So I've got somebody that's going to be trying that out. I think um, a lot of times if I'm not on video, I'm having a really hard time seeing with contacts, so I wear glasses a lot more often. So I'm going to try it out on my glasses. Cool. But then I was thinking, you know, it's, it'd be hard to see on glasses, so maybe I try it out on my sunglasses and see what happens. I use it on my cell phone all the time. Smart. <laughs> I use glass cleaner. Not for, not the glaze stuff, but the right, glass right. Cleaner. But no, I use the. I mean, I use the glass cleaner on all kinds of stuff. Oh my gosh, we could totally try the the finishing glaze on my phone because there's one of them that doesn't have a. There you go. Wow. Anyway, I learned something. All right. So that was my lurker policy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it I just ended got a little up talking bit, about glass cleaner. I totally did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I was just. <laughs> you know. <All> right. <laughs> Okay, well, here's a little side note. If you're ever getting interviewed and the interviewer is terrible and they're not asking you the right questions, just go ahead and switch the conversation and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's, that's, oh, um, I have not talked about my coronavirus week. Oh, yeah. How was your Rona, Rona week? So, it was, it was reasonably, you know, the same. <laughs> well, I, know, I, I know, I know how it's, I know kind of how it's been because we hang out every freaking day. Every day. Oh every, my god, every. you're about to, I'm insane. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just gonna keep him like mouthing every day. No, but I had excitement. I had actually had some excitement in my life. It started yesterday. Are you gonna tell the whole my coil went out thing? Well, not probably the whole thing, but but uh, yeah, so yesterday I'm on my way to the farmer's market because it's usually my one excursion of the week. I go to the farmer's market and the grocery store. That's all I've been for weeks. Weeks on my way to the farmer's market, start, car starts acting weird. You like adapted well to this whole seclusion thing because you're like already a hermit. I already was, but yeah, you know what's harder for me is adapting to you being here every day. Uh, <laughs> trust me, it's very difficult for me as well. <laughs> 
weird. Anyway, my car breaks, ignition coil. I can't even go to like auto, advanced auto or auto. What, what is yeah. it? Advanced auto? Well, advanced or auto zone, either one. I guess I got some policy because of coronavirus where they won't get in anybody's car. So you couldn't even, get, couldn't even get anybody to put anything on it to tell you what was wrong with it. No, I couldn't. And to the computer. I mean, yeah. by that time, I already figured out. I've already, so I have a Toyota Matrix that has four cylinders. I've already gone through two ignition coils in the last... I've had that... Do you realize I've had that car for seven years now? That's unbelievable. I know, but the... You know, the You said you were going to drive it till the wheels fell off. I will. I will. I will. That's going to be in retaliation to the... I will drive it until I have to use the lifetime powertrain that came with that car. And go park it at that shitty Toyota dealer you bought it from. I so will. I so will. I will. I will. I will drive it. I know. I'm thinking about... I don't know. I was thinking about, like, maybe trading it. It's 120... I don't know whatever is it on there, but anyway, I need an ignition coil, but I don't know which ignition, co which uh, cylinder needed it. So your brother helped me out yesterday, yeah. and then I was going to be all like, over. The, I, I've seen this happen twice before, so I know it's like one bolt and one little wiring harness. I was going to do it myself. Found out that I have the ten millimeters. I was like playing with my sockets, got the right socket, didn't know the right ratchet. <laughs> so I had to finally call you and be like. Um, are you, where are you at? Are you coming over? <laughs> Can you bring a socket, the metric socket set or a riot? You know, anyway. I see so the reason, so I couldn't go to the farmer's market, but where I could go, and this is, this is the good part, the good part is I got to go to the racetrack last night. What? What? Yeah. yeah. You went to Gaffney. I did. I went to Cherokee Speedway in Gaffney, and I had a blast, and no, they can't have fans, but guess what happens when you're a sponsor? You can go. Well, can't have fans, but the pits are packed everywhere. So. <laughs> there are, yeah, there, there were, you know, there were a few people along the back back fences in their trucks. No, it's and, not the stands. Nope, it's not the stands. That was the one thing. They cannot have fans in the yeah, stands. That's right. So that was it. really enjoyable, and I got to, I, I'll do with some more interviews, but I'm going to start doing some driver interviews. Uh, you know what? Maybe a good idea. Maybe I start getting out in some Zoom calls with uh, some folks that are, you know, not even close to our area and kind of do some driver interviews. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Yeah, be that might be kind of fun. I mean, I'm... Some of your customers, maybe? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, kind of throw that out there. That'd be a that'd be kind of a fun deal there. Well, while everybody's sitting around twiddling their thumbs, it'd be a good idea to do because, you know, there's not much excuse for... I didn't have time. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of people, I think of a lot of our folks are working still, you know. Probably. Um, well, I hope so, yeah. And, well, and besides not, you have to remember, not everybody lives in North Carolina, you know, which is, well, it's, it's lockdown zone. Well, it's not as bad as Pennsylvania. Is you it got, not? All y'all live up there, you got a shithead for a governor. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a useless pit pile of crap that guy is. And then you got like that tranny uh, health. Well, let's you know. Let's not go ahead and be disparaging towards the whatever you know. Yep. Let's let's yeah, <laughs> whatever. All right. Let's see. Um, oh, Andrew says you are one of the best. Gosh, he is his <laughs> ego is going to be so big by the end of this. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, Jeff Jeff also says hi, dude and dudette. Oh, Mr. Thank, Jeff. thank you, thank you, Jeff, for not calling me dude because that always <laughs> people do that. Like, hey, dude. Dude, do I look like a dude? You know, anyway. So thank you for dudette. I assume he's still stacking brick while this is <laughs> stacking going brick. on. <laughs> you, you know, you make his job as a mason almost sound, <laughs> almost sound like a little bit dirty. Hey, you still stacking brick over there? <laughs> Golly. Oh, Jeremiah Reed says my D1 challenge video is uploading. Jeremiah, I know you are going to rock it. I 
love Jeremiah's channel on YouTube. He takes you behind the scenes, like putting motors together, all that. I'm so glad you're here. And you know, you really put out there as a, a great example of some, some video content to do. So, um, Hey, if you guys are, if, if other racers are looking for somebody to follow, definitely check out what Jeremiah is doing. He's doing a great job. All right. Watson says, Oh, okay. Hey, we almost have some, uh, questions here. Um, Jay says he's Jay Turner Jr. Hope to get to meet you both in July. Great. Excellent. Um, Oh, uh, Danny, Danny says, got to spend some time talking to your brother a few weeks ago. Great guy. Can't wait to have him wrap my car. Oh, there you go. That's cool. Yeah, yeah so if anybody doesn't know, Jimmy Schultz from Dirt Rap is my brother. So, <laughs> And one of my best friends. So. Yeah, I feel like I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like uh, everybody's connected. You know, that's the thing. Everybody is connected. Um, so Jay's going to North Carolina to see family at the end of June or first week in July. Nice, so cool. So kind of swing by. That'd be great. Love to have you. Give me a heads up. I'm not usually at the shop, so um, that way Provided I can Provided the National Guard's not in front of our shop, we'll be open. So. <laughs> <laughs> or the sheriff's. At least you don't have a health certificate, do you? Uh, no. You don't have a barber certificate? Not, not, you, you don't have any certificates for them to no, take, not, do not they? serving food. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, Cameron says, should have went to O'Reilly's. Oh, yeah, they're on the other side of town. I mean, I'm like... I mean, I'm limping my car around. This thing barely runs on four cylinders. <laughs> Three cylinders? <laughs> I wouldn't even want to be in that thing. Oh, I just, you, I just, you, you I could just run alongside up. it faster than it well, would be on the road. Well, they had a reader at the shop, <laughs> and that time I needed it, knew it was. But I did a whole like Instagram story about it and stuff. In fact, I think it's on my personal Facebook. If anybody wants to check it out, uh, let's see here. Oh no, I don't. And, and I'd be curious if O'Reilly is doing the in-car testing. I don't, I don't know. know if they are or not. Uh, let's see. And good morning from Jennifer. And Jeff, um, you asked him if he's still laying brick. brick. He says, we only lay the best. Nah, I, I figured that. <laughs> I've heard stories. Okay, wow. And we, are, <laughs> we are starting to get some questions here, Steve. Right, cool. So, uh, let's see here. All right, from Watson Racing. Okay, Steve. Pros and cons of running an alternator. Uh, no cons. Uh so there's no disadvantage to it by any means. Um, I mean, I ran one for years. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't deem it as being necessary if you're running a 16-volt system and things charged. I mean, your system's charging when you start racing that night, and you keep a charger on it. But, um, you know, a 12-volt system, yeah, nothing wrong with it. Uh, there, there's no con to it at all. Um, some people will say, oh, it takes away one horsepower. I'm, it's nothing that can be measured, so that's just a random guess by people saying it'll take away one horsepower. Well, but you know, I've talked about alternators before, mm -hmm. and you've also told me that generally your previous opinion was that they're not necessary for one, and then it's just an extra piece of equipment that could break. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's true. I mean, but if it if it breaks, it just doesn't charge, so it's not like a big, not a big deal. I mean, like, I mean, run one, don't run one. Honestly, it's not going to make a difference, in my opinion, if you're running like a 16-volt system, 12-volt system. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely help you out, keeps you from having to maintain the battery all the time. There we go. So. All right, next up, from Todd, he says, I'm about to switch to, to Sunoco GT260 Plus from Renegade Crate Elite. It doesn't have the methanol you spoke of in it like CHP Plus, does it? Um... I haven't heard of the no. Sunoco GT yeah, it's, 260. It's, it's 260 has been around for years. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll run basically probably, 
I don't remember what the oxygen content is in that. Um, I got like a chart at work I, I could look at, but I, obviously I'm not at work, so I can't look. Um, it'll probably run about as good as that Crate Elite. Because, um, I mean, the, the, it's not going to be as good as running like CHP or the cloths. But now, is it? I mean, it's one I hadn't heard of before. Is it an oxygenated fuel like? It, it's going to be oxygen. Like it's going to be oxygenated. I'm quite sure. I just don't remember what the just off the top of my head. Sunoco products aren't something that we deal a whole lot with. True. Um, the best stuff that we had dynoed from. I mean, this was. I think the last time we dynoed Sunoco stuff back to back with anything was probably four years ago. And I think the best at the time was that EXO2 that they had. Hmm. That was the closest to CHP that we can come on the Sunoco product line. Yeah, CHP is really a good fuel. Uh, mean, it's, and it's readily available yeah, in so many locations. That's and, that's what makes it so good. <laughs> yeah. Is it runs and it, I mean if you if you're going to be running race gas then it's definitely probably the one of the top 2. Mhm. Yeah, interesting. Oh, it looks like Cameron's filling us in. He says uh Two Crate Insider Racers, XR1 Rocket Number 2, Bo Slay, won again at Deep South Speedway, and the 33 car of Colton Leyendecker at Tri-County Speedway. J.C. Wilson finished third. No parts failures. Thank you. Nice. Good job. Awesome. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of other winners that I saw this morning. So, Dale mm -hmm. Timms. Yep. He, uh, won. he won and tagged me in that post. I saw Matt Long. He's Matt a customer Long. of ours. He won, I believe, at Friendship. Yep. Do you see some other winners, uh, winners out there? Dylan Knowles. Uh, Colton Jackson. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so. Nice. Um, well, and last night, too, go well, Maybe Dylan Brown, pending on a fuel protest. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Um, so this is exciting. I, I got to fee uh, because I decided to, well, Crate Insider is the sponsor of the street stocks, of the Crate Racing USA street stocks at Cherokee Speedway. And so I got, I'm the trophy girl now for go. that division. Yeah. Who knew that was a thing? Yeah. Um, so Damon Krupp, he won that one. He's been at your shop on yeah. the dyno. Yeah, we do their 602s. Yep, yep, and a lot of great racers there too yeah. this weekend. Uh, let's see. Ooh, this will be a fun one. Okay. Ken asks, he says, how often should we change our 602 engines? Uh, I mean, there's no set amount of time. What I, what I would do is, like I recommend to all my customers, is every 10 races run a leak down test on the engine. Uh, so long as the engine's still leaking down at a decent rate, continue running it. Um, when you start seeing a high percentage of leak down, either that's the time to rebuild it or pass it along to the next guy down the line and buy a new one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this one's probably going to be more for me, but uh, Jeff also asks, he has, Jeff asks, wow, I can't enunciate today. <laughs> that was Diet Coke, too. He said, is there a big difference in IMCA and Crate? Crate USA, so Crate Racing USA. So Jeff, just to explain, um, IMCA you'll find more west of the Mississippi, and with the crate engines, what they require is that the crate engines are sealed at the dealership with IMCA seals before they ever leave, and you can't do any aftermarket things to them. Now, supposedly, that is what that's, but it's been for years. Whereas with Crate Racing USA, you can go to any of the approved engine rebuilders and get your engine. Um, you know, whether Re rebuilt, it's you know, whatever. rebuilt, freshened, all of those things, whereas IMCU traditionally can't. Now, I understand some <laughs> things have changed with IMCA. It's not really clearly spelled out, but so we don't really know. There's plenty of guys doing repairs to IMCA engines, we'll put it that way. Well, we're going to call them, this yeah. is what we're going to call repairs. Repairs. Yeah. So, 
I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of firsthand knowledge on what's going on there. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of a shift. Um, I'm seeing that shift in this last six months or so, whereas it's been very consistent since I've gotten involved in this in the last, you know, this is my seventh year being involved and um, I'm, I'm seeing a shift. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm not sure that I love it, but yeah. it is is what it is. It's IMCA, what are you gonna say? Oh, and he says, <laughs> if so, how much horsepower difference? It's it wouldn't we don't really know you know it's just like the same thing is is a just a brand new fresh out of the crate engine how much more power will it have blueprinted uh, you know you've answered that question yeah, yeah. so many could times be, where none, we just it don't be know some. Mm -hmm. just a, but you know the one thing you know about fixing them out of the out of the crate is that you that's what you got <laughs> yeah and it's built equal to the first one down the down the down the line well and you know it's precise. Correct. That, I mean, that's the most important part. I mean, I think the... Well, again, just going back to what I say all the time, we do what GM can't do and make them all equal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I just... I and that's just, not knocking GM. I mean, they no, do, no, they do no. a whole job doing these things. I mean, but. it's an assembly line, so what do you expect, Correct. really, from that? And I've got a frozen up screen over here, so I'm going to see if this will unfreeze and see if I'm missing any questions here. So, otherwise, there's probably a pile of them. Um... <laughs> Alrighty, <coughs> this one's for you from Cameron. He okay. says, "Okay, Motorman, is a 16 volt battery like an MSD?" Do what now? He says, "Is a 16 volt battery like an MSD?" I don't really know. I hey, Cameron, could question. you be could you be more specific on what you mean there? Because um, we're not really sure. But I got an email um, on Friday okay. from, from someone who had a question that they'd like to see answered on the show. Actually, I, I, I jotted down their question, but I forgot to write down their name. He says, um, I was reading on a forum about comparing your flat air filter base with the new Walker air filter system and that someone was testing them with 100 mile power winds on an engine dyno. What are your thoughts on that? Are they in a wind tunnel? No, I mean, just says on an engine dyno. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, isn't wouldn't you have to be on a wind in a wind tunnel to be able to do that? One would think. Because I mean, is there? I mean, it's an interesting concept. So you know, you've got a pretty big room um, for your chassis dyno. It's what that whole that whole shop area is probably what twenty four by forty eight something. Yeah, like that? probably at least I'd say. I mean, is there any way that you could get a hundred mile an hour wind speed? I, on, on that? Not accurately, no. Okay. No, you'd have to have... I mean, the only way to do that accurately, you'd have to be in a damn wind tunnel. Yeah, I would say. Because, and it'd have to be on a car, with car at attitude. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish here. But, I mean, I, I guess just testing them back to back, but, you know, I don't really know what you're testing for, because what's interesting on, when we, when we talk about, I sell two different bases. I sell the flat air filter base, and I sell the Walker air filter base. Now, the flat air filter base is really the, if I can get them, so just like before you guys try to order, keep in mind I'm having one hell of a time and I'll have more this week. So before those questions come in, I'll have more we this week. <laughs> I've had multiple conversations about this. Well, it, sound, it sounds like it, somebody's trying to answer a question that hasn't been asked. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I mean, all you gotta do, if you wanna know anything about the Walker thing, you got a video on that you did at PRI. Yeah. And you talked to Ben Walker himself in his booth at PRI and asked him, well, why did you make this thing? 
Well, and, and you know, it also and explains why I sell it. It was, well, and it was made for a solution to a problem that guys with super late models have, really. I've never seen anybody with a crate car have a fuel blowing problem. Yeah, well, and to recap what that, what's said in that video, because the Walker air filter base is a low-profile system, so it's a drop base, um, and it was, you know, it's based on, you know, the, the previous designs that were out there, but, you know, whether they worked with the angles or whatever, and the problem they were trying to solve was two, two problems they were trying to solve. One of them was that the flat air filter base, it raises up your air filter two inches, so you're, you know, you can end up with this whole stack that's outside your hood, making it visibility an issue. And Ben had heard from some racers that one issue they were having, like really fast tracks, like places like Volusia, and, and I haven't been to Volusia in a really long time. I'm guessing it's kind of like PPMS. It's going it's it's like, to be an Eldora to Knoxville yeah. problem. It's well, not going to be a, I don't know, Dog Hollow or, or Gaffney problem. <laughs> well, but the problem being that they're going so fast that the air is coming into that air filter and it's pushing the fuel so it comes out the backside of the air filter and the fuel is hitting the racer in the face on his helmet. That's the problem that Ben was telling me about, and it's in that video, so I'm right. not, yeah, you know, just, it is what it, it is. Watch the video. So, I don't know how much of a problem that is. So, you know, I do do um, enjoy the Walker product, so it's something that we do have on the shelf. Yeah. Um, but you know, the one we sell so much of is, of course, the, the flat air filter base because we know it produces produces horsepower, it's it definitely does. So, I wonder if in this test that maybe they were trying to find out because we know. I mean, I, I think I think you've come back to back to them on the on the dyno. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we still found that the flat air filter base was yeah, on top. 100%. So if you're trying to simulate the conditions, maybe of what's it like to be on a racetrack? You can't simulate the conditions because how are you going to simulate wind speed during acceleration? Yeah. I mean, if you got 100 mile an hour mile an hour air blowing to something at 2,500 RPM, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, I, I mean. You're not taking off at 100 miles an hour. You're taking off at 30 miles an hour and accelerating to 100 miles an hour. So you need to, that 100 mile an hour. When are, when are you hitting 100? Like, what are you at on RPMs on that? Well, I mean, that'd be peak RPM. You're, gonna, you're talking 65 to 6,800 RPM on a 604 with uh, 525 gear is like 105 miles an hour on my chassis dyno. I, I mean, I'm just wondering, how do you measure the wind speed? I have no How idea. How do you do that? I have no idea. Because I mean, this almost sounds like a—it almost <sighs> sounds like a challenge, Steve. I feel like I want to get a couple of leaf blowers, and you're I a big am fan. I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> oh my god, I am so proud of you. Yeah, I'm well, so you, 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 heard, of you. you know what I almost said. I do, I do. So, so proud of you. I actually had thought about bringing a swear jar in case anybody missed it last week. Mm. I was offering him a hundred dollar bill if he could not swear, and then he blew it. He blew it as I handed him the $100 bill. I stole it, and then you took it back from me later I on. I totally so. did. And, you know, what's funny is I had this laptop in a bag upstairs, and when I was just unpacking to get ready for the show here, I found that $100 bill from last oh, week. Yeah, yeah, it's my $100 bill. I just I put it in a bag. <laughs> so, well, that was, I mean, that was helpful. That was oh, I mean, helpful, helpful, to, helpful or not, I don't understand what the point of the test is, so. I don't know. I... I don't I'd, know. I'd, have I mean, know. I'd, I'd have to know more. I'd have to see whatever the person's data is on everything. And, and I mean, an engine, like I said, unless you're in a wind tunnel, on a dyno in a wind tunnel, there's no way you're going to have accurate information. And, you know, I've been to a wind tunnel. 
Yeah, you was, have. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I was at uh, Aerodyne's, yeah. their um, A2 wind tunnel, when I was part of the, um, the Carolina Auto Racing trade show, and that was... You know, it was cool. It was just cool to be in there and get a couple of pictures. And, and then they started testing stuff, and then it was, like, completely out of my league and all of that. Then I was, right. then I was ready to go. I just wanted to get my picture taken. Well, anyways, go watch the video <laughs> with Ben Walker says. Yeah, it, man, that's the best he, thing. He explains it. Well, and, you know, and he's the creator of that's it. That's what I'm saying. He explains it, and there's a reason he, he made it. So. Yep. There we go. Okay. All right, so here's, um, here's some clarification on our previous question about that so Cameron says three years so I'm gonna repeat his okay so yeah. we can have this all together so Cameron asks okay motorman is a 16 volt battery like an MSD three years ago me and a driver got thrown out for using a 16 volt battery versus a 12 volt battery and they told me it was like running an MSD system in the car god no no they just wanted to throw you out that's ridiculous um, no it's nothing like running an MSD MSD's got multiple spark deal. You can't produce multiple spark with a 16-volt battery. <laughs> so, no, you got thrown out for no damn reason. Well, and, you know, let me clarify that a little bit, and just so that I understand it as well. So, what um, the difference here is, like, they were trying to say that he was... It sounds like they're in a series where they have to run an HEI distributor. Possibly, Is that, yeah. is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's what, it's, like what, it's what it's sounding like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Just so that I'm No, that's 100% um, clear. total... BS, you got tossed out for no reason if they threw you out. So I would, uh, I'd have been raising hell on that one. Yeah. I, I mean, they'd be pretty desperate to look at your battery and see how many volts it is. You must have been stomping their ass or something. <laughs> Racing against a bunch of crybabies. It's a, it's a good to win, <laughs> but you can't win by too much, right? There's like this, uh, you know. Oh, the, well, apparently, because I don't know how many protests there were last night. I like, think like three. Seven divisions. It was a, it was a good night. Oh my god! It was, oh, it was so much fun leaving the house. Although it was like this whole. Well, considering protest deal. season's usually March. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and now, is that when it is? Yeah, now we're in. Okay. Well, that's yeah, because that's when you first go back racing, and that's where everybody's protesting. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, totally. Okay. Oh, Jeff, thanks you for the answer. Um, Mark says, "Hey guys, from the Memphis area. Cool. Great." I, uh, I, I love, well, I've been through Memphis. I have not spent a lot of time there, but it's cool. I, I remember there being a giant Elvis statue I think the, there. they can go to restaurants in Tennessee now. I'm so jelly. I think. Dang. You know, last night, so I went to the races, because I'm not going to let that go at all. <laughs> it was like my defining, it's like the most exciting thing that's happened to me all year. So um, I went with, of course, your son, with Alex and his friend Christian, and afterwards, I was like, oh, you know, it's like 11 o'clock, and I'm thinking, you know, this has been fun, and, and man, it'd be fun to maybe just take the boys out to, like, Waffle House or something. And then it was like, oh, wait, they're not going to be open when we get back to right. North Carolina. And I just wasn't in the mood to go yeah. search down a Waffle House in South Carolina. Yeah. But, but still, yeah. Oh, so uh, Mark says, he says, going to post some pics of your dad in Victory Lane on June 21st. And it's a, is a, oh, okay. Well, that's really cool. Thank you, Mark. I love that. Uh, my dad is Dick Schultz, and he raced in Iowa for a number of years. So it's, uh, I end up in some of these groups with the nostalgia racing. And, oh, speaking of nostalgia racing, mm -hmm. 
Um, I can't even recall what videos went up. We have a whole other YouTube channel called Racing Rewind, and right now it's just Steve's races from his videotapes. Well, it's not all mine. It's it's a from your collection. It's from my collection of right. stuff over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So posting those, and mm -hmm. um, I can't recall which videos went up this week, but we had like three or four of them. I think four of them. Did I don't well. think I won any of them. Well, I, you shouldn't suck. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's it's a lot of fun. And if anybody, if you if, if you've got some like old videotapes around, and you'd like to see them, you know, posted up onto YouTube, you know, get a hold of me. Just send me a private message, and you know, we'd like to do this for some other people too. I mean, you brought yeah. me a whole sh two shoe boxes full, overflowing. Well, and, that's not even half of it. So wow, it's a little scary. It's a process. Um, it's a process, but I think having that legacy, you know, being able to share that legacy with others, I think is important oh, yeah. and bring back those memories, Absolutely. you know, those conversations that it started with you, you know, and you and your friends from back in the day, mm -hmm. it's been really fun to watch. Yep. Okay. So, um, Mark asks, is a freezing crate better than a GM crate? It seems like it is. What do you think? Well, I think the advantage you have going through freezing, like if, if you're talking like, like a bone stock engine to bone stock engine I mean freezing's gonna go through and dyno all those things and uh, at that point you know you know what you got um, <laughs> you just buy one from random you know random dealership and you just don't know what you got well yeah and and they've really dialed in you know the bolt-ons and things like that I mean I for that application yeah yeah for the application you know I've been working with I refer, I, refer I refer a lot of people to Al when it comes to IMCA stuff yeah because I get at least two calls a week you know do you do IMCA stuff and no I don't you know deal with Al at freezing yeah Al Walters and yeah. you know you can just message the freezing Facebook page and the automatic message will tell you you know hey call call Al Walters and it'll give you his phone number so yeah. uh, really I, Al's a Al is a straight shooting guy oh yeah Freaking love Al. Yep. He's awesome. Love him. Okay. Let's see what other questions we've got. Um, oh, uh, Cameron says, thank you. Thank you. And Brandon's saying hi. He says, uh, Brandon Marshall says, hey, Kate and Steve, hope you're having a great Sunday. Yep. So far, so good. Okay. Oh, we're getting a little bit more of the story about the MSD and the, uh, mm. and the battery. He says, that costed me and the driver $2,000. Showed up at intermission, started dead last out of 27 cars and won. We built the car to the rules to prove a point and were successful. Balance the car to the driver and use Crate Insider products. Yeah. You got, yes. ripped, you got ripped off, dude. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. You got, uh, yeah, you got the old proverbial shaft. You know, no lube. <laughs> yeah. Amazing how you can still be terrible without using swear words. <laughs> it's not terrible, it's true. But you know, it reminds me of my dad telling stories. I think you were around my dad telling stories about going to Independence, Iowa. We lived in Waterloo, Iowa, and Independence is only, I don't know, 20 minutes away or something. When you're a kid, everything seems far, so I have no idea. I'd have to look. If any Iowa friends, go ahead and say how far. Waterloo and Independence are apart, but they're not far. And so my dad showed up there, and it was a good old boys gang right, right there. And dad showed up and and won a couple of races, and and they couldn't really find any reason to throw him out. But finally, they said, you know, it would be better if you just didn't come back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least they were honest. <laughs> at least they were. Could honest. you please just not show up anymore? <laughs> and, um, and I, I, you know, that's, that's one of those stories. I'm going to have to have my dad tell that story sometime because, yep. you know, I don't know who could be butthurt anymore, but 
I don't know. People get butthurt over all kinds of stuff these days. All right. Oh, goodness. Oh, we got more. Okay. So Dave asks, what distributor do you prefer on a 602 slash 604? Um, I mean, my, my, my first choice always is going to be the fast system. Uh, their distributor, their box coil, the whole nine yards. Um, to me, it's far superior than anything else out there on the market. Um, made in the USA, by the way. <clears throat> um, obviously, after that's going to be MSD. Uh, if you're going to go with an MSD, I'd recommend their Black Series distributors because they don't rot and corrode like their standard ones do. Oh. So there's actually a difference between... I mean, I, I know I've been buying the black ones. I just thought they looked cooler. But because they just had a black cap instead of a red cap... <laughs> Is there's actually more difference than that? Yeah, they're, the two? yeah, they're supposed to have like anti-corrosive stuff inside them and all that. So, wow, that sounds like a but, that sounds like I need to talk about it on top five teaser. De de definitely fast. Yeah. Oh my God, we love the fast products, and uh, the the biggest difference is because with an MSD distributor, this is the way it's been explained to me. You're the expert, I'm not. Well, but this is what Terry's told me is that an MSD it sweeps and it. You've got the points on the distributor, and it sweeps. It's a sweeping motion, and because of that, then, I mean, that's how it fires. So sometimes maybe on a point, maybe it'll hit to the left side, maybe it'll hit to the right side, maybe it'll hit in the center, but a fast distributor has an optical system, and so it hits on that point, that same exact place in that point every yeah, when you're, when you're time. Yeah, when you're timing one, you'll notice a difference just on the timing light uh, between the two systems. So. Oh, tell us about that. Well, I mean, MSDs, a lot of times you'll see them bounce just a little bit, and the fast doesn't. The fast, just like a fast distributor, if you've ever timed one on a crank trigger where the line's just dead steady, the fast distributor is very similar to that, where, I mean, the line's just dead steady when you're doing it. Now, that, you know, that being said, even over their standard box, uh, the, what, what is that standard box we use? The, uh, the high, high, high six? Yeah, yeah, high, high the six. The high six box is mm -hmm. the standard one we use. Um, we just playing around with this X85 stuff and carburation and everything else on my kid's car on the dyno like we did this week. We put a uh, E7 box in uh, his car, uh, which is, allows us to actually hook it to a laptop, hook the box to a laptop, and we can change the timing curve like you would like on a uh, 525, for instance. And that box versus the high 7 box, that box is even way better than the high seven box. And we found power just changing boxes. Yeah. Doing nothing else. You know, I did, t I talked to your brother about that yesterday too, though. He said it's, it's one of those things you absolutely have to be on a chassis dyno. Well, you, that no, you have case. to be. I think Pippi's locked up. Come here, Pippi. I think we've got special guests here today. Come here, Um, so that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting as I, as you learn your results a little bit. A little well, bit you're talking, you're talking, you know, I mean, the box is like 500 and something bucks, but it's well worth it because you can actually tailor your entire timing curve in the engine just like you would on a, like a 525. Cool. Oh, um, my kitten is wandering around right here, so that's what I'm doing as I'm watching. I just saw him, like, go past and the door was closed too much, so he likes to go play inside and outside. It's a good thing. All right. We have another question. Oh, and Cameron is giving us some thumbs up, trophies, smiley faces for the new Crate Insider PG. There you go. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm so proud.
proud of you too. It's Sunday friendly. Sunday friendly. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I did not ever think about that. Okay. Craig asks, can you run either gear on an MSD distributor with the 604, bronze or steel? Uh, you need either a bronze gear or you need a... Um, uh, melanized. Uh, melanized gear, yeah, correct. You cannot run the cast gear. So no cast gear on a 604. Uh, bronze or melanized, either one worked just fine. Um, that being said, I've seen a rash of guys that have been messing up and trying to run bronze gears on their 602s. Okay, and tell us because, why you can't do that. Uh, because it doesn't work. You're going to like destroy the gear, and you're going to destroy the uh, cam gear on the cam. So on a on a uh, cast cam, you can run either the melanized or the cast gear, but you cannot run a bronze gear. Well, I mean, that does that at all line up with the fact that we use different fuel pump rods for the two as well? Well, yeah, same same scenario there. I mean, you want to use a bronze tip rod if you if you're running a mechanical fuel pump. You want to use a bronze tip fuel pump rod on a 604, and you want to use a steel tip uh, rod on a 602. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And and I didn't know about the cast thing that that was yeah. that was why I just knew there was a difference in the materials between those uh, between the two. Right. All right. Next question. Um, in fact, I mean, I think it was up here. Oh. Maybe they even go together. There's these kind of go together. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a beer. You research your questions. Sir. No, no, I got okay. Well, I'll be right back. You'll get, you'll get your know, beer. Dance and entertain everybody while I'm going. Or some shit. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna continue to talk about how I had so much fun at the racetrack. I got to bring out my pit bike, but the crazy thing was, it was my first time leaving the house for anything other than like the farmers market or the grocery store, or maybe to go to the shop, and. So, I mean, like, I packed almost every bit of camera gear that I own. I wasn't sure what I was going to use. And it was like, I mean, I was almost like I was packing for, like, a five-day camping trip or something crazy. So, it was, um, it was weird. It was, it was fun. And then, like, seeing actual real people. All right, nobody wants cool. to hear that story anymore. What was the question? <laughs> okay, they, I don't know. Maybe they liked it. Okay, so part one, mm -hmm. Mark asks, can we discuss the pros and cons of, Kev, of the Kevco, please? And secondly, Brian says, any advantage of running an evac system on a crate? Okay. So those kind of go together. All so, right. Brian and Mark. If you, you do not care about your engine, yes. Uh, the evac system will get you a little bit of horsepower. Um, if you want it to have any kind of longevity at all, do not run it. Um, what you run into is these engines are not designed to pull a vacuum. Neither the 602s or the 604s are designed to pull a vacuum. So they don't have seals in the engine that prevents dirt from getting sucked in the engine. Like you would on, like, say, a dry sump motor that's designed to pull a vacuum. Well, this is such a slight vacuum, though. Um, can, is there an advantage? Can you... Slight vacuum? Uh, it, it's still sucking. Mm-hmm. So, it's not something that I recommend. Uh, I do, do, does it work? Yeah, I mean, it's old technology. It works like it did in 1960 when guys were doing it on drag race cars. But, but you guys used to do something like that, too, and then it got it got outlawed, like, in five minutes. No, right? we, we weren't pulling a vacuum. All we were doing was venting the uh, oil pan. Okay, well, all right, so we, we need to be very clear here, too, because I have two Kevco systems. Okay, one I, is I, the, old, the, one, the one I know about is the EVAC. Okay, one of them's EVAC, and one of them is just the the... Venting thing. If it's, if it's a vent, that's fine. Yeah, so there's 
So that okay, so you're not anti the evac, but the other one is where you just put it on the um, the valve cover, so it pulls that extra. And there's what it's no going to do bomb. is basically a remote deal. Yeah. And what we were actually doing at the time was we were venting the oil, the the one inch pipe plug, uh -huh. in the uh, top of the left hand on the driver's side kickout. <clears throat> we were venting from there to a external cam. Okay. And, and this one's venting from the. We were getting rid of crankcase pressure. Is what we were doing, or let, letting it vent off. We weren't. We weren't pulling a vacuum. We were just letting it vent off. And what that is actually worth about two horsepower, three okay. horsepower. Okay. So yeah, you know that'd be interesting to do some testing there. But it got. Mean, but it got banned immediately because it was you know different. Yeah. Well, we don't move forward if mm, we consider the source. I I don't. I, <laughs> I'll, do, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I, 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 okay. I'm going to move on to another question. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the best way to store a 604 motor, motor that has been running E85 for a couple of months while building a car? Cameron asks. The best way to store it? Um, obviously, empty the. I mean, I'd empty the carburetor out, take it apart, and lube everything up. Um, as far as the engine goes... I would do like what we would do normally like during off season, which what we'll do is light the engine off, take a half quart of oil, just any kind of oil, engine oil, doesn't matter what it is, and with the engine running, start pouring oil down the carburetor until you just flood the entire shop with smoke out the exhaust, and what that does is lubricates literally everything inside the entire engine. And you're going to foul the plugs out. You're going to, you know, the spark plugs going to be ruined, all that stuff. But what that does is just, it's got the entire engine's like lubricated. So there's no way anything can rust, you know, if you're going to be sitting for any amount of time. Just remember, though, that you did that when you go to start it back up when it's time to go race. Because, <laughs> you know, it's going to take a while to burn that oil out of, out of the cylinders and everything else. So That just sounds... I mean, honestly, that just sounds like uh, it sounds kind of riggy. Huge... I know, but it's actually no, it actually yes, works very well. It sounds like well. a huge mess. It sounds like if I was in the middle of that, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I am ruining my motor. This has yeah, got not. to be the worst thing ever." You're not. It's just going to take a while to burn burn all that out of there. So, I mean, you're going to spend a couple of hours with the engine running after you light it back off. But that is the best way to store one and ensure that nothing's going to be rusted up next time you go to crank it. All right, so uh, Cameron says, awesome hat, Kate. Oh, there you yeah, go. This yeah, this is yeah. part of my hat collection. Like Crocodile Dundee today. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Kind of got the Aussie going. Got your knife? Uh, I do not. Oh, okay. No. No, we just go ahead and add that to my Christmas list right up there with the socket set that you're going to get me. <laughs> you want a knife? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you with a knife, scary. Oh, you were the socket set, scary enough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even tell you the other part of it. So... So we're going to the racetrack, and I don't really like to drive, I'll be honest. I, I mean, like, if, if I could be chauffeured for the rest of my life, I'd be good with that. I mean, I, I like the, having the privilege of being able to drive. I, I don't want that taken away from me, but I don't, I don't need the control of being behind the wheel. So basically, I, I was like, hey, Alex, you want to drive? <laughs> so Alex is driving, and we're, we're like a block away from here because we, we, left, we left him behind. Yeah. We're a block away from here, and he's like, I swear, your, your hood doesn't look like it's shut. I swear it doesn't seem like it's shut. So, you know, and this is this is a hood that I mean, you drop it and it just makes some big crunching sound, you know. So I'm like, that's weird. I mean, I even park on an angle and it shouldn't have been, but okay. So we get out and yeah, yeah, the hood's not closed. And tries to drop it again. 
Well, you remember, you remember my ratchet that isn't the right size for my socket? You left it in there. Yeah, I did. Because it blended in with all of the other things. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, but my hat. My hat. I got this one. See, I usually like to buy hats as a whole experience. Like, it helps me remember where I was. And we, you and I were in Banner Elk and on, at a resort. And I got to try on hats. And this is the one I bought. And now I have to buy them online. And I really shouldn't complain because I'm an online retailer. But still. Um, anyway, I love this hat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. See. See. Uh, Sam is asking if you can go ahead and grab him a beer too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've yeah. got like. Oh, I scored my. Go, my whole us. keg story. Tell tell the keg story. So I got some friends that run a, uh, or me and Kate have a couple friends that run a uh, bar up here in town, and they also serve food out of there. So we went in there the other night to uh, get some food to go because that's what we have to do here, and. They're like, hey, you know, I got this whole keg of, uh, it's one of these six barrel kegs, so it's like a tall, skinny one. I think it's like three cases of beer in it. And uh, they're like, hey, we got this keg back here, and, you know, we can't return it to the distributor. Do you, you know, is this something that you want? And uh, I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take it. So, well, we went back a couple nights later, I guess. You getting hot? No, the phone is. Oh. We're getting fuzzy online, so oh, okay. I figured, and then I felt the back of the phone, and the phone is so, so, any, so anyways, long story short, we went back in a couple nights later, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for the keg, and the 40 bucks. Oh my god. So I paid 40 bucks for basically three, three and a half cases of Landshark, which is what I'm drinking. You know, and we're here to support our friends, too, so I've been posting about any of the takeout restaurants we've been going to, and, you know, trying to help them boost their businesses as well. Um, you know, there's... I teach all this stuff about sponsorship, so I, and it's just part of who I am as far as helping yeah. to promote other people and other businesses, and especially during this time. So, I mean, I'd encourage you to do that as well. Okay. Oh, got some good information. Um, tell me that sequence. I don't, um, Cameron, I'm not sure of the sequence. Oh, sequence. I'm not sure. Oh. Um, it's oh oh can you uh repeat the sequence one more time about the e85 the storing your engine oh so, yeah. so step one well no i mean obviously uh take the carburetor part just lube it up with i don't know whatever you've got on hand this you know luby spray lube yeah, spray lube whatever yeah daytona one spray lube we're good uh lube everything up inside and out uh, obviously drain the fuel out of it um and then uh as far as the engine goes what we what we'll normally do is we know it's going to be stored for three or four months without racing. We'll start the engine up, take like basically a half quart of oil, and with the engine running, I mean, obviously you're going to have to be working the throttle because it's going to want to die as soon as you start pouring oil down the carburetor. But basically, start pouring oil down the carburetor until you got just pure blue smoke blowing out your exhaust. It's blue. I it's, it's black. No, it's going to be blue. Blue. Spoil. Oil burns blue. Gas burns black. Totally so didn't know that. Basically. Pour oil down the carb until, I mean, it's just flooding out of the exhaust, and you're going to have to keep it running because it's going to want to die out, like I said, because you're going to be following the plugs while you're doing this. And once you've got that solid stream of blue smoke coming out of the exhaust, the entire engine's lubed up, and there's no way anything's going to rust. Well, it's now, let me ask you 
me ask you this. You, you mentioned about lubing up, the, taking apart the carburetor and lubing it up, but mm -hmm. if you're pouring the oil in it, aren't you just going, aren't you just lubing well, it Well, no, because you're not doing what, you're not doing anything, you know, inside the float bowls or meter and blocks or anything like that. So basically step one is to take care of the engine, then pull off the carburetor well, yeah. and then take it off. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean just ask Yeah. So. Hey, I'm literal. I mean, if you're, I'm literal. Oh, I know. I got to give you, you know, <laughs> precise directions on things. Cameron says he'll mail me one. I wonder if it's a hat. Oh, yeah, I wear some ball caps, but normally I like my fancy hats. Fancy hats. You wore your Crate Insider hat last night, didn't you? You bet I did. There you go. Hey, gotta be branded. Mm. I'm gonna be out in the world. Gotta be branded. Well, besides, I just wasn't gonna... My white hat, I really liked my white hat, but I was not gonna wear that to Cherokee. No, don't wear that to <laughs> <No. laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Jason, or, Jason asks... Um, Getting ready for some yard work. Thoughts on leaf blowers, steel, Poulon, Dewalt. <laughs> do you have any uh, preferences on leaf blowers? We've got a Dewalt at the shop. You do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had um, I had a gas-powered one, and you know what? I won it in a raffle. I'm lucky as hell. I'll tell yes. you. Yes. I am. I am lucky. Lucky. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Cameron says that's going to be some pretty cool. Crate Insider going to start selling Crocodile Dundee knives. Just a joke, not an advertisement. No, I think. Hey, that'd be a good idea. Huh. Get your Crocodile, crocodile Dundee hat and knife. And... I, I could take some... No, nah, that's cultural appropriation. It... We can't do that. But <laughs> you know what? You know what we could do is we could, you know, maybe she'd be up for it. We know an Aussie. Maybe she could help represent. Oh, my son's mom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she'd do it. Maybe she would. Yeah. I actually, um. She can genuinely speak the lingo, too. Well, because she's Australian. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, we, that way it's, we could. It's, it's actually funny because uh, she moved here in 1991 with me back from Australia. And when I used to race over there and blah, 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 whatever. But uh, when she moved over here, she had like the full on raging Aussie accent. And now she doesn't. So now she just sounds like we do. Yeah. Un until you get her on the phone with her mom or her dad or her sister or something like that, and then it just comes right back. <laughs> well, it's like my Minnesota accent. Right. Same. Yeah, with your with your Aunt Arliss and stuff. Oh, my Aunt Arliss, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you're going to need some more beer there. Yeah. I actually heard that. <laughs> okay. Um, Cameron asked Kate Dillon, does he open the door for you when you go out to eat? <laughs> I, actually, no, I'll, I'll just kind of stand there until he does. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I train the people around me. I just like walk up to a door and I stand there until they open it for me. And that, oh, stop exaggerating. You know, I do. No, I know you do because that's exactly what I do. My brother makes fun of me for it. It's my habit. I do it anyway. I know you do. Because I'm a nice guy. You're a gentleman. And a scholar. Something like that. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh. The sun's back out. Damn. It is. Oh, okay. It's like a magnifying glass. You know, it's not too bad. Oh, you know, I think because the fans pointed mostly at me now. Oh, yeah. Probably so, so. so what happened, we've got a, we got a fan. And was pointing at us. But then the the phone, I could tell that the reception well, was Well, it's a great funny. day. It's like 80-something degrees out. Oh, my gosh. I'm so grateful. And, like, when the clouds come over, it just feels like, oh, it feels great. Yeah. And then when the does. clouds go away, I start sweating. 
Oh yeah, this, this foam was burning up. And it's not too bad now, but we can scoot the fan a little bit so no, we can get right. some more of it. All right. So you need uh, to sweat out some beer anyway. Uh, yeah, you do. Okay. But Mark asks, is the plug of choice for your 604 still the NGK R5724-8? Yeah, we, we use it quite a bit. Um, it is definitely the plug of choice, uh, that or the AR94 Autolite. Um, that being said, I'll have a different plug recommendation coming soon for uh, like the E85, X85 combination that, we're, that we're, we've been working on on my son's car. Um, we actually went to an Iridium plug for that. Um, just due to the amount of ignition timing we're running at, because we got the adjustable box now, we're running just a ton of ignition timing at low RPM and taper, tapering it off. But what it was doing to the NGK plug and to the Autolite plug is it was burning off the, uh, not burning off, it was like on the electrode, it was basically eroding the electrode just due to the amount of ignition time we were running. So we uh, went to an Iridium plug, which will solve that problem and it'll be kind of the best of both worlds for that application. It's really interesting, I had no idea. So, looks like I'll be ordering some more spark it's, plugs. It's gonna be, I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a whole combination where it's essentially gonna be a carburetor, box, distributor, you know, coil the whole nine yards, timing program, all that, that somebody can actually do a plug and play kind of deal and produce the kind of numbers we're producing right now. Okay, as a package. Which is the most power we've ever produced, ever. <laughs> Right. A lot of factors involved there. And uh, thank you, Jeremiah, for pointing out we had a little bit of wind noise. I'm just trying to keep the phone cool there, so I moved the fan one more time. Oh, and I'll just kind of keep an eye on the picture to make sure this doesn't uh, uh, overheat. Okay. Um, let's see. Brian asks, he says, we recently found out that one of the tracks we run allows the 602 to be freshened up. The other two don't. Is it worth doing it with our used-up piece to be freshened and blueprinted uh, would be used down in your neck of the woods. It's an asphalt car. Um, I mean, are you running? I mean, you got one track that allows you to do it and two that don't. If you're going to run the one track only that allows you to do it, then yeah, it's definitely worth freshening it up because it's obviously cheaper than buying a new engine. Um, if you're going to be running all three tracks, then obviously your choice is going to be a brand new motor. Well, and let's let's expand that on that just a little bit too, because normally, what I've seen with you is that you normally don't recommend a full blueprint on the 602. Normally, no, no, not not to start with. Normally, what we'll do is fix the inherent issue with them, which is going to be the top end of the engine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think I've mentioned before on the show here that we ran into a rash of problems with 602s last year and the first part of this year, where. They were coming through with no 45 degree angle on the intake valve seat. Um, so if you're unfortunate enough to get one of those, you need to fix that problem. Um, that being said, the valve job's always been the inherent issue with the 602 because GM induction hardens the exhaust seats on these things and when they do it, they don't do it before they do the valve job, they do it after they do the valve job. So when they induction harden the exhaust seat, which is basically putting a superheated coil on the seat to make it hard where it'll run on unleaded fuel, it warps up that exhaust seat and part of the adjacent intake seat. So that's normally, you're gonna see a big, or not a, not a big, you're gonna see a, a variation in power from 602 to 602, normally that's where it comes from. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, you know, there's always a market well, to I mean, use 602. We're, we're, we're talking, I mean, this is a Vortec 
cylinder head. So they use it on however many different vehicles they use it on. On a, you know, on a Chevy van, you're not going to care whether the thing's, you know, making peak performance power because you're never going to notice it, never know it. Yeah. Now you go to try to race one, you're going to notice it, you're going to know it, and that's where fixing those inherent issues uh, come into play. Well, you're certainly putting a heck of a lot more stress on those Zortec heads as in a racing application than you would ever put in a regular passenger car. Oh, no, car absolutely. Deal. And on the plugs, um, Mark wants to clarify. He should have said they were running the uh, Renegade E112 fuel. Mm -hmm. So, with the NG. I, I would stick with that. You'd like a little bug on you. Uh -huh. Yeah, you do. I think it's, it's a. Not a sp no. That's a freaking spider. No, it's not. It's like a weird little ant that kind of looked like a spider. It's fine. Um, I would. Uh, uh, I would. Uh, yeah, I would stick with either one of those two plugs for right now until I get this whole Iridium tip thing 100% figured out. Because yeah. we're, we're still working on this. This is just kind of the next evolution in, in you know, making power, and especially on the X85 or E85 variant. Um, so once we get this figured out, I'll probably have a different plug recommendation for that application. I don't, I don't want to say, say anything now because I don't want to be wrong if this turns out not to be true. Dino wise, everything is great. We need to race it. We need to test with it on the on the racetrack and make sure this is going to hold true. So, I mean, years ago we were using an Autolite plug when we were back a long time ago when we were running the eighty-five. We were using an Autolite plug, and it was one of those uh, had no electrode on it, so it was like one of those four-prong deals. Those things made five or six more horsepower than any other plug we put in the engine, but you had to change them every race. I don't want to get into that scenario again. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's just that balance between having like the peak performance and well, I mean, some, and having some longevity. Some, sometimes you're going to pay for performance. Sometimes it's going to cost you a little bit more. Yeah, and a little bit more maintenance or a little bit more whatever. But I don't want it to be a scenario where I'm like, yeah, use this plug, and then like two races later, you're calling me up going, you asshole, you said to use this plug, and and my motor won't run, you know, or whatever. You know, I just don't want to get into that. Yeah, I'll spend more time on the phone trying to help. Trying to tell people to change spark plugs, and I will, you know, working. Yeah. Cameron says we're wind testing the beer and the hat, That's the beer true. mug and the hat. We are. That's true. We can we're doing our own wind. Where's testing. your flat air cleaner base? We can set it up here and like wind test that bitch while we're freaking sitting <laughs> we here totally talking can. on. Yeah. I don't know. That feels about like 100 miles an hour, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know where that dude came up with that shit, but that's... I have no uh, idea. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, had, I mean, I just, I don't know. We, we just so stay in our own lane and kind of do our own thing, and it was just such a weird question. I, I just hadn't run across it. I don't know. I'll, I'll look into it this week and see what's going on. Okay. Yeah, you'll have to report it's, back. It's going <laughs> to... If it's on a forum somewhere, it's going to be somebody I know doing it, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, check it out and get back to us. So Brian says his, his 602 has four seasons on it. And it, it's time. He's going to get a new one regardless and maybe yeah. put that other one in the, in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, trailer. yeah, I mean, be a good spare. Or honestly, if you want to get rid of the thing, there's like a ton of street rod dudes that will buy those 602s like crazy. Because they can rebuild them and, you know, I mean, it won't cost them a whole lot to rebuild one. And they'll put it in their dang street rod and they're happier than hell. You know, 2200 2500 bucks for a used one. 
guys buying those things all day long for that price. Well, I mean, take a look at any of the uh, like street stock help source. There's the, there's lots of Facebook groups or used car well, parts there's, for there's, sale. There's, there's plenty of open open engine street stock, stock divisions where that engine is really popular. Yeah. Because they don't need seal bolts or they don't or it doesn't have to be sealed. Right. So they'll they'll use those engines like crazy and you know and change cams and I mean classes that allow them to do that. Well, you know, and I was hearing for a while there that used 602s were really coming hard, becoming hard to get a hold of. Well, they're hard to get a hold of because people run them to death. Yeah. And usually they either got a hole through the side of them or they're completely wore out. So that's why they're they're hard to get a hold of. Interesting. It, it's a hell of an engine. I mean, for what it is. So is a 604. Yeah. They're kind of bulletproof, although we've never tested that. No, they're not bulletproof, but... I don't know. Have you uh, tested it? What? Have you tried to shoot at one and see if a bullet will? Oh work? yeah, no, no, I haven't done that. I was gonna, I was gonna say I put a few holes through the sides well, of them myself. Yeah, well, you've done that from the inside that, out. That was the inside out, not the yeah, outside in. Yeah, so I mean, it's like one of those things. Like I mean, just like a six oh two, you can just run it and run it and run yeah. it and run it. And but we like to say that they're you know kind of bulletproof, but you know I'd, I'd like to know if they really are. That'd be really fun to test. <laughs> I don't think they're bulletproof, and I know they're not idiot-proof, so <laughs> there's that. They're not. It would need to be far enough away, too, so it wouldn't ricochet back. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm telling you, if you decide to ever do the bulletproof testing, I'm on board. I'm going to film every bit of it. Well, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure the 9mm ain't going through it, but... Uh... 44 mag hard cast, yeah, it'll it'll punch right through there. I mean, I can already see the thumbnail. It's like Glock 43 versus GMC. <laughs> you and your damn Glock 43. Holy I'm all crap. about my Glock 43. I may not have a knife, but I got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I got beef jerky and a hat. <laughs> that was random. <laughs> I'm random. <laughs> How could it possibly not? Okay, let me see. Oh, Cameron asked, does um, Crate Insider have any stamped Crate Insider logo shock covers? Most people love looking underneath their cars. Might as well do some more advertising for a great company. That's not a bad idea. Thank you. You know, and it's it's funny. I talked to Nick at Outerwares, mm -hmm. you know, last year, and I think he kind of brought it up. And private label some some shop covers or something. Yeah, I mean I it, I'm like recalling it. So yeah. and I think I probably talked to, talking to him again. Talk to Nick. Yeah. That's a good if idea. got some people want to do it, then you know, that'd be kind of cool. I like seeing Crate Insider's name on all kinds of stuff. And Fred asks, "Steve, how do you put up with Kate?" I, uh, I make him money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just turn her loose and let her go and do her own thing and that's why I'm at, the end, at, the, at the end of the day she's like here's your half <laughs> I mean, let's just be real that's uh that wasn't a real question i was just asking it to myself but. <laughs> i know <laughs> okay all right um mike asks yo kate how are the cheater 604 valve springs compared to stock replacements are they snake oil they are um because here's the thing you're dealing with a hydraulic lifter um if you start putting a ton of spring pressure i mean if you're talking about like the ones that have more spring pressure if you start putting a ton of spring pressure to that what happens lifter bleeds down what happens when the lifter bleeds down you lose lift what happens when you lose lift you lose horsepower 
so the whole the whole cheater spring thing I wouldn't give you two bucks for a set I didn't know that yeah. I mean the, the longevity is gonna be there yeah, if we're talking a solid cam where it's not non hydraulic then yeah you want the right you know a, a good spring but we're talking this stuff here these damn blue beehive springs at GM sells those things I've got dudes that have run them 35 races and took them out and they checked the same as they did when they came out of the box that day like the first day they were put on so there's no reason to buy that stuff number one because you don't need it number two it's the easiest thing in the world to get caught in tech with yeah so if you got a tech man worth a shit you're thrown out on springs it's stupid it's a stupid thing to get thrown out over I would agree I would agree I mean especially when it's just kind of blatant cheating well yeah I mean, there's, I mean, we all know that. I mean, there's, there's accident, you know, there's gray area, there's accidental cheating, like, um, the, like using the, the gasket from the, the Napa store instead of the GM valve cover gasket. I've, 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 I've I've had that. I mean, I've had that. That's a warning kind of a thing. Oh, I, I mean, I had a, I had a customer of mine get thrown out two or three years ago in the Rush series because the GM dealer sent me the wrong sent me the wrong uh, valve stem seal. Now, it was the right seal in the sense that it looked identical, but the but the the part of the seal that like goes down over the valve guide was like, I don't know, 50 or 60 thousandths too short. So the guy that was putting heads together in the shop just, I mean, it was, they came in from GM, put them on the engine, sent it out the door, and the guy got thrown out on seals. That kind of thing happens. That's not purposeful cheating. Right. And that's not cheating to an advantage. That's just like, we fucked up, and well, we screwed up, and this guy had got thrown out because the seal was 60,000 short. And then remind me again, in thousands, how, what's the size of a human hair? Three thousands. Three thousand. So it's like, it's like this much. Right. Or so. Yeah. But it's just one of them things, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Wasn't purposeful cheating. It was... Right. Well, I mean, I'd say the same thing like with valve cover gaskets. Like, the, like sometimes you grab well, an auto parts store not, and not, it's not jammed. So. Number one, it was a jam dealer's fault because it, it was the right... It was... It did the same damn thing. Yeah. It was their fault to start with. My guy's fault for putting the shit on. And then, of course, I'm putting the motor together. Obviously, I'm not looking at the valve stem seals to see if they're right, because everything's together as I'm putting heads on. So. Well, and, you know, I think we've both seen where, I'm not, like, thrown off on jam or anything, but their packaging changes over time. Well, there's mislabeling and stuff that, that goes on. I've run into that plenty of well, times. Well, I haven't seen that, but I see, like, where the packaging changes, you know, where our boxes are, have been different for... You know, the 602 boxes used to be, 602 springs were a certain kind of box, and then right. that changed, and the same thing with 604 springs. And so we see some changes in the packaging, and all I'm saying is your guy getting this, these valve seals, okay, maybe it usually came in a plastic bag, maybe it now came in a box, but like, it maybe, wouldn't be a may, big surprise, may, may, there's no red flags there. No, maybe it's the new part number, and, and GM didn't tell us, because that happens all the time. Well, and you know there's you know, a difference in it's part like numbers. Every, every time they change cranks or when they change rods or when they change anything in the engine, they don't tell anybody. They just change it. 
and it's up to guys like me to find out, oh shit, they've got a new crank in the engine. Take a bunch of pictures, send it to all the series I deal with so everybody knows yeah. they got a new crank or a harmonic balancer or, you know, whatever. They change stuff all the time, and then or they change vendors, which changes the product, which also changes the part number, and it just, it's, they don't tell anybody. Right. Well, I mean, because their goal is to be consistent, but if anybody sees something's a different color, they're, they're going to freak out and think it's a cheat or something, and it oh, isn't correct. always the case. I mean, GM's had six different harmonic balancers, for, for crying out loud, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is a comment on the spring. Um, Cameron saying, I'm thrown out on a 16-volt battery that's like an MSD get thrown out and also had 16 volts is just like in his name I don't know oh Tim the big Tim mm -hmm. so okay next question from Sean best header Bea or profab um, headers for 604 um, profabs um, but what I'm gonna say here is if you own the Bayas. I'm not telling you to rush right out and buy a set of profabs. Uh, run them until the collector breaks, because it'll break. Um, once the collector breaks, go buy a set of profabs, because they're not going to break. Um, the Bayas make good power, there's no problem. Um, is the difference between the two winning and losing on a you know, normal Friday night? Probably not. Um, just like anything else. I mean. And I, I think I addressed this once before on the show where I was saying, you know, if you're racing, you know, in Nebraska on a super slick quarter mile track, does it matter what you have on for headers? Probably not. So it's it's just kind of what, what you want to invest in and how long you want it to last kind of deal for me. But power wise, raw dyno number, raw dyno number, the profabs are better. Okay. On for late model application. Now, if we go mods, mm -hmm. then run the BAs. Because yep. number one, Profab has no desire to get into building 185,000 different sets of headers to fit 185,000 different cars. Right. Well, and, you know, if you if you want to go and take your car and do all that, I know they do that. some of that well, you, stuff. Well, they'll, they'll custom build them. But you're going to Yeah, well, you're definitely going to pay for it. Well, you know, and, and at the end of this, you know, I want to do everything I can to support Port Bea and I do too. I mean, I, um, I've got no well, problem. Those no, guys are I, mean, good guys. I don't think you know this though. So they're located in New York. Oh, they're getting pounded by this whole thing. Well, not just that, but now um, I deal with Scott over at, at, at BA. Um, Scott Leonard, too. he's great, but because of coronavirus, the only person who can be in the shop is Joe B.A. So he is busting he his tail. He's a one-man band right now. He is busting his tail, building headers as fast as he possibly can. Yep. Can't bring his guys into the shop. Scott's helping out with the emails. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate that, that they've adapted to being able to be, you know, as supportive as possible. And, you know, I've got lots of header orders that we're waiting on. Um, I just encourage people to be patient because that's completely outside of his control mm -hmm. um completely outside of that and they i mean they are incredibly hard workers oh they no, have absolutely. a great we, product we dealt, we dealt, we dealt, we dealt with them, them for years. years and so 
um, you know, if there's anything I can do to be supportive of them, I think the best thing to be supportive of them right now is probably just to like give them a break, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, like, oh, just be patient and, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to start those emails. I've got it up on the website. Uh, I think it says two to three weeks on the website. I need to update to say four to five weeks right now because that's about where they're at. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just want to. And they, they have no clue when they're going to be able to open up up there. I don't think. Well, but you know, here's the difference: is they actually have a legitimate reason. I mean, maybe not in the greater of New York, you know, but they are so close to New York City. It's a lot different. Well, hopefully, hopefully what they'll hopefully what they'll do is just open the shop back up and go full fledged back into producing headers. And I don't know, make a header for a 79 Camaro and say, hey, we're part of the automotive industry because we make headers for whatever. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's ways around doing this. Well, but I don't know about in New York or not, if there is. Well, so. I would imagine so. Okay. I mean, automotive industry is vital. Yeah. And you're Well, it is vital. You're necessary. Well, part of it is vital. I mean, look, I needed an ignition coil yesterday. <laughs> There you go. I mean, true. So I can get down the road. So I can get to the grocery store mm. for my other essential services. But now, um, you know, I'm here to support BA and the. Well, I support support both of these companies. Um, and for anybody who's interested, um, you're mentioning the Profab. I have orders in for both of them. I have. Um, well, Profab's behind a little bit too right now because they were closed down for several weeks. They were closed down until May fourth. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but I ordered some more headers. So. I know half of my order is ready down in Concord. Mm. So Profab's about an hour and a half from us or so. So sometimes rather than shipping these twice, sometimes I just ship straight from them. Sometimes if we can get together and you know pick them up yeah. or, or drop them off or whatever. So um, I'm expecting um, some of the inside of the frame rails I think are supposed did to be done Did Andy show up week. at Gaffney last night? He did not. What a slacker. Yeah, I think we need to call out, we're gonna call out I'm gonna call Andy, Andy Garris for being a slacker and not going to Gaffney last night. At least I didn't see him, as I, but I tooled around with my little pit bike. <laughs> well, he'd have been on his little pit bike, too. No, his were stolen. His pit bike was stolen? Both of them, out of their trailer. He actually called me on Friday to ask me if they were if they had serial numbers on them. Out of the taco truck? Yes. <laughs> yes, both of them. Shit. Here's the thing. Whoever stole them, Andy had the keys in his pocket. So they got pit bikes with no chargers and no keys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the thing is you can't buy any pit bikes right now because they're um, on, like, back. They, they were supposed to be here in May. and then Yeah, well, they're made in now, China. So. I know. I peeled it. You know, it made me sad that I had a Chinese product, but I really, really love my pit bike, and I really love the guys at Burrow Max. Right. I mean, they're they're just great guys. You yep. know, um, um, the, the it's two brothers, and one of them used to work at Harley-Davidson. And he's the one that designed it. I just, you know, I, th I think I'll be talking to him this week and, and seeing, you know, gosh, I wish there was a way we could make these in the United States. Um, yeah. Because I was, I was looking at my pit bike, which is in the hallway of I mean, my townhouse right now. Even if the price went up by, you know, 200 bucks a piece or something like that, I'd be, be willing worth to making pay it. in the U.S. I'd totally be willing to pay it, for yep. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it'd be worth it, because they are, oh, we lost our, oh, connection available. I don't know. Or we're on and off here, but uh, the... uh are on? I think we're on. Yeah, it says we're live. Oh. So we're live. Uh, I don't know if we lost a connection or phone got hot. We don't really know. Actually, it seems pretty okay. Um, kind of lost my train of thought there. But anyway, Pro Max pit bikes. Love my pit bike. Yep. Just wish it, I'll talk to him this week. See if we can make some of this stuff in America. It would be great. 
Okay. Maybe Dave Ham Hammond can make them for him. Dave Hammond can make anything. <laughs> anything. We, actually, you know, the one thing it would, oh, here's the part that would trip us up, would be that it, it's the, since it's electric, it's a lithium battery. Right. So may have to, maybe there's just one component of it that would need to come from there because all of the lithium batteries are, right. there. I don't, I don't know. Is there a lithium battery manufacturer in the United States? I have no idea. I don't think there is. Honestly, no. I, I don't think there is. Okay. Um, okay. Um, how many bytes for those 604 spring replacement? I'm not sure what that means. How, how many, many nights, probably. Oh, how many nights? Okay, yeah. All right, so Mike asks, how many nights for those 604 valve springs before replacing? I tell my guys to run a leak down test every 10 races, and I tell them to check the springs. Well, I tell, tell them to check the springs after every race um, because I have seen the occasional broken spring. I mean, it's really few and far between, but I have seen the occasional one. Um, I've got guys because they're leaking the motor down that they'll change them every 10 nights, and I've got guys that'll go 15 nights, and I've got guys that have gone 35 shows. So there's no real set amount of time. Just keep an eye on them. Get an on-the-car tester. Once you establish a baseline on your new springs that you put on, log that information. Make sure the same guy does it every week because I'm going to pull the gauge different than you're going to. She's going to pull the gauge, or you're going to pull the gauge, or whatever. And just make sure the guy does it the same every week. And log the information. And honestly, you're not going to see a whole lot of variance from week to week. Um, the first time you run them, they're pretty much all going to equal out. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't. That's that's one of the most common questions I get asked, and I still don't have a good answer for it. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, this is a, a topic we talked about with Don Blackshear. You know, Don's a good friend of ours yep. and, and longtime engine builder, you know, great guy. And uh, what Don was telling me is telling us was he, his sons, about the 602, race. yeah. Yeah, and testing out the valve springs. Here's the key the key is is that they're all pretty close to one another in, you know, whether they're, whatever your poundage is, whether you want to say they're 80 pounds or 78 whatever. pounds or 76 pounds, whatever. What you don't want to see is one spring be, or all of the springs be 82 and one of them 72. That's an right. issue. But if, as long as they're all consistent, that it, that's going to be the big thing. Yeah, and I wish, I wish I had a good solid answer. I mean, you'd think I would after, I mean, these things came out in, what, 2013 or 2014 on the 604s, and I just, I still don't have a good answer. It's pretty well, pathetic, but there's just no no set amount of time. Just, you got to check them after every race. Make sure you don't have a broken one. If you don't have a broken one, check them on the gauge. The gauge, fine. Keep running them. And uh, David's asking, what valve springs do we recommend for a 604? Tr truthfully, most crate series only allow you to run the GM valve springs. Correct. And, you know, we, you like the beehives anyway. Yeah, no. Right? I mean, uh, yeah, if we're talking 604, I mean, the beehive spring, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a good it's a good, good piece. I mean, it runs on the 525 at, you know, 7,300 RPM for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're not going to wear it out on a 604. Well, I mean, do you see any need to... You know, really, is there an advantage? I think part of the question here would be, would there be an, an advantage with any of those aftermarket springs, like those pack springs or anything like that? No. No. Other, I mean, the disadvantage is you get busted with them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't see a disadvantage to it. Cool. Cool. Hey, wow. We have 
You know, we're at about an hour and a half right now. Holy shit. We've just been, been talking away. Talking away. Yep. Answering questions. Babbling. Having a good time. Yes. Well, I think it's... Uh, I've had a good Sunday. Yeah, not bad so far. Yeah, I would say. So I think we'd probably wrap it up. And Probably so. All right, so let me put some... Uh, calls out there so if if you're maybe you tuned in late or if you're just i'm talking live here uh but this will be available on monday every monday our unsealed show is available on the racing insiders podcast so racinginsiderspodcast.com is where you'll find the audio version of this and then we of course we're live on facebook every fourth every sunday at 4 30 yep um i also I go live on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock Eastern and you know, on, we, for we Top have, 5 Tuesdays. We haven't actually talked about this. Are we going to continue this even after the coronavirus thing's over? I think we should. Yeah, I mean, I think we were offering some value here. I, I think so. Yes. I mean, there's... Are, are you game? I mean, I am. I mean, there, there's a little comedic value, a little bit of, you know... We just have fun. We're here. We're here to hang out with our friends. Yeah. You know? So... So, yeah, I... I guess I as long as people still show up to watch and still look at it, at it afterwards, it's worth doing. I think so. I think you, you add so much value because you answer all those questions that I can't answer. I, I don't know. I had a bunch of questions there I really couldn't answer. So <laughs> You did a great job. I mean, this really cuts down on the number of emails I send you a week. Sounds hey, about, yeah. somebody's asking me a question. Um, and so, so just to follow up, um, I, you can catch my live show, Top 5 Tuesday, on Tuesdays at 2 o'clock on the Crate Insider Facebook page. This uh, episode is available on YouTube on the day after. This is today, Sunday. It'll be up on Monday, Racing Insiders Podcast. And then uh, check out any of my other channels, too. So I have uh, my other websites <laughs> and YouTube channels. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm only going to say a couple of them. So I have KateDillon.com, WinningMotorsportsMarketing.com, the Winning Motorsports Marketing YouTube channel. Also, the Racing Rewind YouTube channel for those nostalgia races. And hit me up if you've got some old video tapes you'd like to see digitized. In fact, I even have a video on my Kate Dillon YouTube channel where I talk about how I digitized those um, in the software that I use. That does not surprise me you've done that. No, because I review <laughs> I review like video equipment all the time because <laughs> right. I freaking love videos. So, anyway, thank you so much for being here. Any other final thoughts or any thoughts for the week? Oh, I don't know. I saw Andy Garris just pop on, and I'm just going to call him out again for being a little bitch, not going to Cherokee last night. There we go. Yeah. I missed, and I'm just going to say, I missed you, Andy. I missed you, you and Bree. So <laughs> I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you. Oh, I'm here. Oh, and before, oh gosh, I got to say, here we're getting, yes, yes, keep it. Yes, please do. Keep going. So, all right, we'll have to you know, do it. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Oh, but, and Andy did a laughy face. Oh, he did. He did. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we will see you in another, well, week? next week. Yeah, next yeah, Sunday. It'll we'll be see you next, week. next Sunday. Hopefully we're like, more open up by then. I sure as hell hope so. May 22nd is supposed to be... Oh, over-under on that? <laughs> Shit, I ain't taking that bet. I don't think we're opening up until that flat, our, that our, curve is so flat it says zero. Well, yeah, our governor's just trying to prevent the Republican National Convention from happening here, so he's a worthless piece of crap. That's my I, final thought. I, <laughs> Roy Cooper, you're a worthless piece of crap. There we go. There we go. All right, <laughs> have a good week. We'll see you guys next week. See you. Bye. You've been listening to the Racing Insiders Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Check out the show notes and past episodes at www.racinginsiderspodcast.com. 
Again, that's www.racinginsiderspodcast.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. 